Hey, this is Cooper Smith. I'm one of the student worship pastors at Eastview, and I'm honored to welcome you to our Eastview Students High School podcast. We hope this is encouraging, inspiring, and helpful for you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy the message. All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Is anybody awake this morning? There we go. Good morning. My name is Marissa, like Rich said earlier, and I am the student ministries resident here at Eastview. And I'm super excited to get to stand up here and preach for you guys today. I'm going to just let you guys know that this is going to be both my best and my worst sermon because it's the first sermon I have ever preached. So I have a question for you guys this morning. Have you ever been hesitant of something that someone asked you? Or have you ever been skeptical about something that someone has asked you to do? Well, I'm gonna let you guys know a little story here. So when I was in high school in the same seats that you guys are in, I thought that I wanted to be a nurse. I saw my aunt do it, I saw my grandma do it, and I was like, wow, that is the coolest profession ever. You get to help people, you get to see people who are really sick become really well, and you get to just feel the joy and see the miracles of who God is. So when I was in high school, I did all the things that you do to become a nurse. I took stats, which was terrible, but you gotta do it. And then I got all the credits, got into college, and I took a class to become a CNA. Not the most pretty thing, but it's really fun. I started working at a nursing home, and I was like, wow, yes, this is what I want to do. So I got into nursing school, and I was like, wow, really tough. Okay, but we can do it. We, we love this. We, we really want to do nursing. And so we were there, I was doing it, and then it came down in my second semester to this one test. And this one test was either make it or break it. And in that test, I was terrified. Later on that day, I sat at home and I was like, okay, the test results are in, do we wanna open them or not? And I did, and I failed. And I sat at home and I cried for probably an hour straight. I failed. Something that I thought was placed on my heart, something that I thought I was supposed to do, I failed at. God, where are you? I thought you wanted me to be a nurse. So for a whole week, didn't talk to anybody, I just cried and wallowed in my sorrow. Well, I decided that I can't just sit here and be sad forever. I'm gonna do something that everybody said I shouldn't do because nursing school's really hard and you don't have enough time to do it. You just gotta focus on school. I said, you know what? I'm gonna go and finally see if there's an opportunity for me to volunteer in the high school ministry. So I set up a time, I talked to Kim Smith and she was like, yeah, we've got an area for you, let's, let's have you help out at CIY. So I got really excited, went to CIY. Second day in, absolutely hated it. I was like, what is this? Everybody loves it. I feel like an outsider, I feel like I shouldn't be here. God, why did you tell me, go to CIY, go with these kids? I'm just here, I'm just a fake, I'm not someone 
who's supposed to be here. Well, day three, I was like, you have to, you can't just leave, you're in Michigan with a bunch of kids. So day three, I was like, you know what, let's go do something familiar. And I went into Matt Fogel, the old high school pastor's session. And as I was sitting there in the back, I had this really weird feeling. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. But it kind of felt like God was saying, hey, this is where you're supposed to be. This is what I want you to do. I want you to be in ministry. And so I did what everybody does when they hear God call. I went back to the dorms and I took a nap because I didn't want to hear that at all. I was like, nope, going to go take a nap. I'm losing my mind, sleep deprived. So I woke up, feeling was still there. And I was like, well, we're going to do the second best thing. We're going to call our mom. So I called my mom and I was like, hey, mom. So you know how I just failed class? Well, I think I'm supposed to be doing something different. I think I'm supposed to go into ministry. And she said, um, do you really think that's what you want to do? You already have a late start on college. You failed, you know. You're pretty good at that, so why don't you go back? And I said, it's just a feeling I don't think I can ignore. She said, okay, well, that's what you think you want to do. Then I'll pray. You pray. Let's see if this feeling is something you really need to do. And so I came home. I sat with my mentor. We talked it over. And she's like, you know, I never thought about that. But, you know, your demeanor, all the things you love, I could see you really excelling in ministry. And I said, oh, okay. Then I came to my small group and they said, wow, that would be amazing. I really think you should go into ministry. And I said, I don't even know what to do next. So I prayed to God and I said, okay, well, I've heard of this college. I guess I'll apply to Lincoln Christian. And if I get in, I guess that's what we're doing. And two weeks later, after I applied, I get this giant package in the mail. And I almost cried because denial letters don't come in big packages. I opened it and it said, you've been accepted to Lincoln Christian University. So I looked, I looked up at the sky and said, all right, God, I guess this is what we're doing, even though I don't think that I can do it. You guys all bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this space that you allow us to still gather in. I thank you for being almighty and wonderful, for giving us peace when we don't really feel it, for just being our calm in the midst of all the chaos that is going on in our world right now, God. I pray for all of these students that you open their ears, that they hear something from you, that they hear how much you love them today and how much you care for them and how much you are there for them. And God, I pray that you can use me to speak your words and your truth today. In your name we pray, amen. So today we're finally in our last series of the I Am series. Um, If it feels like we've been in this forever, it's because we have been, but we're in week five and we're going to finally finish it out. So the very first week we heard Aleska talk about Moses being talked to from God through the burning bush. 
In the next two weeks, we heard Zach talk about the fundamental truths of God and the way that Moses responds to God's calling on his life. And last week, we heard Matt talk about how God responded to Moses. So this week, we're going to hear Moses again be like any other human. We are going to hear him question God again, and it's not the last time he's going to question him. He'll keep questioning him, but we're going to focus on this today, and we're going to see how God is good and great and how he responds to Moses, even though he really doesn't need to. So open your Bibles to Exodus 3. Verse 13, if you're not really familiar with your Bible, Exodus is the second book and we'll be in the third chapter. And if you don't have a Bible, come talk to one of the adults and we'd love to get you a Bible after this. All right. So Exodus 3, 13 says, but Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. The question that Moses asks at the beginning of this passage is pretty common. In the previous verses, we heard Moses questioning and doubting himself, and now he is questioning and doubting how his lack of qualifications are going to be perceived by the Israelites. He's projecting his own self-doubts. And if we're honest, we do the same exact thing every day. We question God's call on our lives. We question the situations that he puts us in. We question the thoughts that he lets run through our head. I question God every single day this week as to why he opened door after door that led me to speaking on the stage right now. And no, in all honesty, I questioned him every moment until this morning. But that questioning and the questioning of Moses' is focused on one thing, me. Moses' questions were not really questions directed at the character and the ability of God. His questions were focused on his own role in God's greater plan. And as long as we're focused on ourselves, there's little to no room for God at all. And this week when I kept asking God, why would you put someone who stumbles over her own words all the time and has severe social anxiety on a stage to speak in front of a bunch of students that she doesn't know? I remembered I have to let God be bigger. I have to quiet myself so that I can listen to things God is trying to tell me. When we give God, to spe- give God space to speak, he does. And I know we wanna hear God speak in the same way that Moses does in verses 14 and 15, but we don't always, and that's all right. So God's response to Moses is broken up into two different parts. The first part of his answer is, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. 
Now, if that sounds super confusing, I really don't blame you. I was confused reading all of these different theories on what that even means this week, but just stay with me for a minute. In the Bible, names are very significant. The names we have tell so much about us, like the job we have, the title we possess, or the place that we're from. In the, pl- the first part of God's answer to Moses, he responds in a logical way. The statement of I am who I am is God's way of telling Moses that the people of Israel already do know who he is. God has been with them and there is no need to give him a new name. But if Moses is going to give, the, give a name to the Israelites, he is to say that the I am has sent him. And guys, the I am is a name that encompasses so many things. It's two words that remind us of the isness of God, that God is in every place, at every point of time, in every circumstance or need, God is. God is living. God is active. God is personal. And in every situation, God is the key ingredient. So the name I am is a logical answer to not only Moses' questions in verse 13, but also his questions that we saw in um, verse 11 a couple of weeks ago. And the name I am is a logical answer to many of the questions that we have of ourselves today. We ask, is God aware of my anxiety? And he says, yes, I am. I made you beloved child of God. And we turn around and say... Is God really present in this time of uncertainty? He says, of course I am. I have been, been in every single moment of civil unrest that this world has seen. And then we go on with another question and say, but can God really use someone with a sinful past like I have? And he says, always. I am a forgiving God that wants to be in relationship with my children. But this isn't the end of the questioning of Moses and God's response. In verse 15, we hear the second part of his response. He says, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name, my eternal name to remember for all generations. Now, God could have just stopped at Yahweh, and honestly, that would have been a mic drop moment in and of itself, but he continues on with the answer to appeal to Moses' spiritual and emotional side as well. He tells him that God is the God of your ancestors. And a few weeks ago, we went through a series called The Fam, and that sparked some emotions for people because talking about your family is emotional. God knows that the people of Israel have spent time sitting at the feet of their fathers and their grandfathers, listening to all the amazing things that he has done in their lives. God knows that as soon as Moses says, the God of your ancestors, the people will remember the I am. It'll make them think of Noah and how God spared his family from the flood because of his faithful life service to him. It will make the people think of Abraham and Sarah and how God said that he was going to bless them with many children, but Abraham didn't have kids until he was 100. It will make people think of Jacob, who wrestled with God and received a new name and a blessing on his life. 
will make the people think of Joseph, who God was faithful through to save all of Israel. And even in Moses' own case, God gave him life when Pharaoh made it seem impossible for him to live. What emotion sparks in your mind when you hear Yahweh, the God of your ancestors? Does this name bring about confidence? Does this name make you feel safe? Does this name make you feel nervous? Well, God has proven himself time and time again. The God of your ancestors will be with you even when you feel incapable. He was there for Joshua when he didn't feel capable enough to finish the job that Moses started. He was there for Gideon when Gideon objected to God's call in his life to defeat the Midianites. He was there for Samuel when Samuel didn't even know that God was calling out to him. He was there for Isaiah when Isaiah felt like the presence of God was too much weight to bear. And he was there for Peter when Peter was walking across the water and decided, "Mm, don't think God's real anymore, don't trust him, and he fell, God grabbed him. God proved himself to all these people in the Bible and he continues to prove himself every day. Like he has for me this week. Remember how I said earlier that I had been doubting him each and every single day leading up to this place? Well, God placed people around me to remind me that he is with me. When I was unsure of how to even put pen to paper to start a sermon, because who, who really knows how to write a sermon? I called on my old campus pastor, Brian, and he walked me through it for over an hour. And when I still was a little unsure of what to even do when I got on this stage and what to do with my hands and the rest of me, I talked to Pastor Mike and I talked to Zach and they gave me pointers on what to do. And I had friends that sat in the chairs that you're in all day yesterday listening to me do this over and over and over again and I'm sure they're tired of even listening to it today. And I had countless other people say, you are good. God is good. He appointed you. He put you here. You can do it. God was with me through my fear and my anxiety this week, guys. And have we seen through the Bible and into today, God is consistent. God is living. God is active. God is personal, and God is the key ingredient in every situation. He is worthy of our lifelong dedication to him, even when it seems scary even when it seems wrong, and even when it's completely and totally out of our comfort zones. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't think it'd be too out of line to say that he was scared and he was out of his comfort zone. In Matthew 26, 36 through 46, we can see Jesus on the ground, on his knees, praying to God, asking if there's any way to avoid the pain and suffering he's about to endure. Yet in that moment, he remembered who God was. He remembered the scriptures that he memorized as a child, the same ones that are in your laps right now. He experienced the presence of God through prayer and time with his disciples. And in an act of worship, he submitted himself to death upon a cross to fulfill the will of God. 
We saw the same thing with Moses after receiving this reminder of who God is. He goes out and he does the will of the Father. It's the same remembering that we see in Moses and Jesus, this remembering of who God is and who he has always been that we are able to know who God was, who God is today, and who he will be every day into the future. And that allows us to participate in God's kingdom as he calls us. So, how do we put all of this remembering of who God is into practice? Something that I do is journaling. As you can see right here, this is 13 years of my life in pages. Granted, for 13 years, I probably should have a little more. I'm not super consistent at all the time, but I have this tangible way to go back and see how God has been working throughout my life. I have a way to look back at all the times he walked with me through the things that were scary and impossible. Like that terrible breakup that everybody goes through and they think, wow, I'm never going to get over this because now I am lonely. I look back and see, no, God was there. I still got to keep going. Like that time that I had to give up sports because a job was more important, God was there. He kept me going. Like that time I failed a class and then again I failed another class, God was there when I thought my life was defined as failure. He was there creating a bigger story. By journaling, I have a tangible way of to look back at all the people he has placed in my life when I didn't think I was capable of, capable of what he called me to do. Journaling can help make God feel more visible than sometimes Bible stories do to us. I challenge you all to start some sort of journaling. Either keep a daily life journal or you can keep a prayer journal. I know so many people on staff here do. This is a tangible way of remembering. Students, I want you to know that, God, know that the God who was helps us remember who he is and even more who he will continue to be. It is because of who he was, who he is, and who he continues to be that he is worthy of our lives and of our worship. But my hope isn't that we just stop at remembering my hope is that our remembering of God fuels our lifelong service and worship to him. Thanks. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the message, we'd love it if you would join us on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. for our Eastview Students High School service. We also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and share it to your social media accounts. To stay up to date, check us out on Instagram at EastviewHSM and check out our Eastview Students YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.